We are back on the big show on KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app with Andy and Brendan. And here with us on the KTGR hotline to talk some college football is our good friend Bill Connolly of ESPN. You can find him on Twitter at ESPN underscore Bill C. And go and subscribe to ESPN Plus to read his great content all week long when it comes to college football. And man, was it a statement for Mizzou on Saturday with the big stage, of course, and the big uh, matchup, top 15 opponent coming into their stadium. And Mizzou does what it does, particularly Cody Schrader does what he does. I just wonder how you kind of saw that play out from both sides, Bill, with with how well Mizzou was able to get Schrader released and and the defense playing how it did. Yeah, I mean, I I think the one thing we've learned at this point is uh, Missouri's going to do a lot of whatever you can't stop. And you know, early in the year, if that was you know Luther Burden with double-digit catches, that's fine. And now it's basically if you can't stop the sledgehammer, the sledgehammer that is uh, Cody Schrader, they're just going to keep giving it to him. And you know he, he comes out of it with 300 whatever yards from scrimmage, 35 carries. Um, really, I mean, it's, it's funny to think back to just a you know a month or two ago the the, the ball distribution, how that was all playing out. Uh, and, and power to everybody for, you know, rallying behind this approach because it's paying off, obviously. Yeah, it sure seemed like uh, it was pretty lopsided in in Mizzou's favor there. I, I wonder how you maybe uh, saw that play out from from Tennessee's side, too. It just seemed that there were polar opposites with how uh, these two teams were kind of playing on their spectrum at that point. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, Milton, you know, in the end, his stat line really wasn't all that bad. 22 for 34, 267, uh, moved the ball pretty well early in the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, saying, you know, what, if you can't, we're going to keep doing whatever you can't stop. And Tennessee just couldn't really seem to ever establish a rhythm of something that Missouri couldn't handle. So returns just seemed to diminish and diminish as the game went on. It was, I mean, this is a statement game. This was, Missouri's good. <laughs> that's, that's probably the, the, the yeah. fastest way to, to get to it. This is just a really good football team, and they've learned themselves and proven to opponents that they can beat you in a lot of different ways at this point. And, you know, that's what top 15 teams do. Yeah, for sure. Bill Connolly of ESPN with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. Uh, with the their next opponent, of course, Florida coming up. Of course, they were in a shootout with, with LSU over the weekend. Gators have been such a weird team still, even 10 weeks in, to, to try and figure out uh, with how they're going to be playing week in and week out. What do you maybe see this matchup shaping up as with, with Mizzou now seeing a 10-win uh, season in its sights? Yeah, I think... I mean, they're just, yeah, they're a really unique team to prepare for. And, and that has meant, you know, some teams have done a better job than others. There have been some, you know, really good uh, offensive performances against Florida. There have been some good defensive performances. And, you know, basically in in the trenches, Florida is enormous. That's their number one. Um, the one thing they have to lean on more than anything else is just that they're really hard to move. And their uh, their run defense is very efficient. Now, so is Tennessee. So, you know, maybe Missouri doesn't really feel the need to adapt uh, all that much. But Florida, if it's a battle of ground games, Florida can keep up. Uh, they're going to run the ball relatively well. They do have big bodies up front. They miss a lot of tackles. And, and anything, anytime something doesn't go according to plan for them, it's not a you know a ten yard gain allowed. It's a you know thirty yard gain allowed. And that's those breakdowns seem to be where games turn. The opponents are going to make a lot more big plays than they do overall, and that offsets any sort of advantage they might be able to carve out. Uh, 
from an efficiency standpoint. So that's that's where they've that's you know we know there's talent uh, on this roster and and their size and there's there are a lot of things you have to account for. They're just not a consistent enough and and. Uh, way too many glitches in the end, and that's usually that's why Missouri's favorite in this game. Yeah, and and certainly with you know how Mizzou has improved week over week defensively. I mean they they showed that they could kind of keep up uh, stopping Georgia's rushing attack at times uh, a couple weeks ago, and then in this past performance against uh, the SEC's top rushing attack going in, they. They just almost completely shut down that part of Tennessee's game. I just wonder how that that run defense is looking in your eyes over these last few weeks, Bill. Oh yeah, I mean it's just the defense as a whole. Uh, you know, first uh, six games of the season using my SP Plus projections, uh, they allowed they underachieved. They allowed about six point more points per game uh, than projected overall. But then the last four weeks they've allowed uh, twelve points fewer per game than projected. There's a kind of a, a switch getting flipped there around that LSU game. And uh, they've just responded to, after that first quarter to Kentucky, right after the LSU game, they came out sluggish and slow from like the second quarter on the defense has been what we kind of expected it to be all year. So that's, that's obviously been good. And I'm sure, you know, maybe that plays into the play calling on offense. If you've got the defense rolling, you want to maybe eat a little bit more clock, play a little bit more ball control and give it to Schrader a whole bunch more. And yeah, I mean, against teams worse than Georgia, it's worked out pretty well. And, you know, Florida and Arkansas are worse than Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see if that uh, plan translates. Probably should uh, as uh, these games come up for Mizzou in these next couple of weeks. Bill Connolly of ESPN with us on the big show KTGR and KTGR.com. So let's assume those plans do translate in those next couple of games. Uh, Mizzou wins these next couple against Florida and Arkansas and gets to that 10-2 and mark. And then the question is, well, where's their bowl game going to be? And will they be in one of those New Year's Six Bowls coming up? There's a whole lot that has to be figured out. There could be some chaos scenarios that either help Mizzou's case or or maybe leave them out in in some spots. But I wonder where right now you might uh, see their chances as far as trying to sneak into one of those bowls. Yeah, I mean, if if it was if the selection was today, Missouri's got one of those spots, or you know, and next year it'll be a playoff spot instead of just New Year's Six. But you know, right now. they just, you know, obviously there are plenty of, like you said, chaos scenarios where uh, Missouri could move up, move up because a lot of teams right ahead of them, Louisville, Alabama, teams like that could lose. Um, and, and obviously there are resume building opportunities for everybody. But I think the bottom line here is that Missouri is probably in today. And if they win the next two games, it's it'll take a particularly chaotic scenario for them to get uh, you know to fall out. Because basically, you're talking about finishing in the top 11 um, with the 12th spot going to Tulane or one of the G5 teams. And which I think they'll probably be at worst 12th uh, tomorrow night in the rankings reveal. And, and like I said, other teams above them will lose. So uh, it is certainly looking good right now. And you just gotta you, you can't blink now. You gotta win your next two, and the rest will probably take care of itself. Yeah, that'll be uh, the the major thing to to focus on for Mizzou as they try to take care of their own business these next couple of weeks and get into one of those big bowl games. Bill Conway of ESPN with us here on the Big Show KTGR. 
ho-hum. It's Alabama and Georgia once again in the SEC championship game. We get a couple weeks now to maybe dissect that and see what could happen in, in Atlanta. But, you know, I, I guess with Alabama, the way that they sort of started looking this year, it was looking very unlikely and teams like Ole Miss and Texas A&M maybe say, well, maybe there's our chance. LSU kind of in that boat too. Like, uh, but, but then Alabama's back here and uh, we, we get the matchup once again. Yeah, it's it's been interesting watching the identity form, but I think at this point, what you can absolutely say is like they just they know how they're going to win these games. Um, they know what they're good at. They know they most certainly know what they're not as good at, um, and they've been able to kind of obviously you want to be good at everything, and Alabama's best teams have been like that. But in the absence of just overall talent, you, you or overall you know competency or whatever, you've got to figure out what your identity is going to be. And and with Milrow, you know, running a decent amount, more in big games than other games, but, you know, between the, a steady run game and a lovely deep ball and a pass rush that uh, it, it gets pretty mean at times and, and a good pass defense overall, they've, they've figured out exactly how they're going to piece together these wins. And that's going to make it, I mean, Georgia's better. Um, Georgia will be favored and, 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 should by all means win, but it's going to make it particularly hard because this is a much more physical Alabama team, successfully physical Alabama team than what's existed the last couple of years, including two years ago when uh, when Georgia beat them in the national title game. Bill Connolly of ESPN with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. Another big game, of course, from the weekend, Michigan and Penn State. It got a lot bigger because of other circumstances for that game, for Michigan in particular, uh, having to uh, use an acting coach in that game uh, because Jim Harbaugh uh, can't be on the sidelines uh, for the rest of the regular season. At least that's the ruling now. They're trying to fight it with the whole sign-stealing investigation still underway. But Michigan still looks like... uh, very much the superior team on the road against Penn State, just as much as impressive as they had looked in in weeks past. I wonder what uh, now that might mean for Michigan going forward. Yeah, I mean, this, they have the best defense in the country. Uh, that's the one thing we've learned, and what we learned about Penn State is now they've played probably the two best defenses in the country and couldn't really move the ball very successfully on either one of them. I guess, you know, that's a pretty high bar, and, and Penn State's been fine otherwise, but it just kind of verified what we assumed about Michigan. This is obviously a team that hadn't played really anybody higher than about a top 50-ish kind of level this year, but the, you know, the stats were very clear. You can adjust for opponent, and they're still going to be really high because they're awesome. Now they actually played a top 10 level team and turns out they're awesome still so it was it was certainly a test passed and I don't think I think the suspension thing has been overblown obviously they're just in a fighting mood right now and they want to make sure nothing can possibly go wrong against Ohio State but the bottom line is Jim Harbaugh is the coach 98% of the week uh, and and everything pretty the, the plan's pretty clearly laid out, so it doesn't really matter if he's on the sideline or not. They have a, a really good talent in the best plan, and now they're mad too. So that only uh, you know adds to it, I guess. Just adds more uh, juice to some of these matchups here. And uh, the next uh, big one, of course, will be in a couple of weeks uh, for uh, the big game between Michigan and Ohio State. We'll see how that shakes out. Big 12 still looks very cluttered uh, at the very top. Uh, Texas has separated itself with just the one loss, but then you got four two loss teams in their bill. It's just a, a major mess at the moment, and I wonder at least what you make of it now. Yeah, I think we know of those of, of that cluttered group. We know who the best teams are. Uh, you know, Texas does still have a mulligan here. Probably gets in, um, but it's almost certainly going to be against either OU or Kansas State. Uh, so a rematch, one way or the other. There, 
Uh, obviously, I, I, I wrote in my preview last week that Oklahoma State, if they're hungover at all, you don't want to play UCF. They move real fast. You know, they're going to, you know, it's a pretty excitable uh, atmosphere. And uh, that seemed to be a major hangover potential game. I didn't realize in my head, I was thinking, you know, maybe they lose 35 28 or something. I didn't realize they were going to get their doors blown off. But it kind of, reminded us that their upside isn't quite what OU and Kansas State are this year. So I do think it comes down to almost certainly one of those two. Uh, and either one could give Texas, you know, one barely beat Texas, the other barely lost Texas. So it should be a good uh, title game either way. For sure. Uh, and then, of course, uh, this weekend, Washington passed yet another test. They they take care of Utah, beat them by seven, and now uh, another Road game coming up for them against a ranked opponent in Oregon State. They just they seem to keep uh, gathering these uh, these achievements here. And I, I guess if if they're an undefeated champ, there there shouldn't be any holding them out. Uh, if there's a one loss Ohio State or Michigan, even though they might feel a little bit irked by it, but I I just wonder what you think of Washington's road as they try to keep uh, unblemished. Yeah, any of the four remaining unbeaten, or five, excuse me, four if you kind of mash Michigan and Ohio State together, um, any of those, if they went out there in, there's no question about that. Everybody scored impressive enough wins, um, and, and, you know, they're all still unbeaten. So they're, they're good. They're in good shape. Plus, you know, if, if or, uh, Washington gets to 13 and 0, they'll have beaten Oregon twice and beaten a really, really solid Oregon State team this weekend. This is really close to a toss up. Oregon State, for all, you know, the, the conference realignment and all the, the bitterness stemming from that, they have a chance to really kind of ruin the Pac 12's two best teams yeah. uh, season here over the next two weeks because they are very good and they'll be underdogs, but they're, they're very capable of beating either or both teams, especially, I think, um, Washington. Washington's a little here on defense. Oregon State's run game is absolutely relentless. They they choose their they pick their spots well with the passing game. So this is the best team that uh, Washington has faced since surviving that Oregon test, and and now they're on the road. This is a major major danger moment here for uh, Washington. I think. Man, wouldn't that be something if uh, if the Pac-12 looks as good as they've looked all year long, at least at the top, if, with all those exciting offenses, and then at the very end, uh, a team like Oregon State uh, throws a wrench in everything and keeps their teams out of the playoff. Man. Yeah, I think they'd be okay with it. I, be, I, I guess there's po- there's some poetry in there. So. Yeah, yeah that, it, only in college football, right? We'll see. Uh, Bill Connolly of ESPN here on the Big Show KTGR. You can follow him on Twitter at ESPN underscore Bill C. And uh, go get your ESPN Plus subscription to read his stuff at ESPN.com. Bill, thanks as always for uh, for coming on today. Hope all is well. We'll talk again soon. Absolutely.